I am Dottie, and this is Silent Storytellers. All right, here we go. Okay, so where were you born, and when did you come to America? I was born in Guyana, in South America. I came to America in 1985. What is your earliest memory? Uh, Yeah, your earliest memory. Like when you think back, like this is like one of the first things I remember. The first things I remember growing up. Yeah. Used to get a lot of licks. (laughs) That's your earliest memory is getting beatings. (laughs) I'm the I'm the, I'm the eldest of five of uh, of six. Okay, five boys. <clears throat> oh wow! Girl. And we were boy children. We would behave as boys would behave. We had a big yard. Yeah. We run to the backyard, catch fish, kill alligator, kill snake. You were killing alligators. Alligators and snake. Me and my brothers. You were killing alligators. I'm yes. assuming these were baby alligators. No, big alligators. <laughs> big alligators. Okay. Um, what age were you when you came here? Because then I, we can talk about how uh, life was in Guyana. But what age were you when you came to America? When I came to America, I was a tortified. I think. So let's talk about Guyana. The um. Can you talk a little bit about your parents, like what they did? You said you were the eldest of six. So what did what did your parents do? My mother was a homemaker or okay. a housewife. My father was a carpenter. He worked at the estate, the high flat estate. Uh-huh. And uh, he was a sole breadwinner. And um, my mother was a disciplinarian, I would say. Because when he came home, when he's home, he's tired. He yeah. He's near that. Yeah. And uh, as boys, he grew up. And um, it was very important for us to learn manners, mm-hmm. to learn our tables, our times table, mm-hmm. and to um, interact with, our, with other people. Uh, we had to. There's something my father had a, on the wall. Okay. A set of rules, an, et, an etiquette. Oh, really? Yes. And we had to learn that. The first one was um, eat not to dullness, drink not to revelations. I, re- I remember that one. Eat not to dullness. Eat to drink not to revelations. What does that uh, mean? You know, when you put a food on the table... Don't eat out all the food. <laughs> Think about the others. Don't drink out everything. Because <laughs> in those days, we used to make pine drink. Right. You Nobody know, never lived on soda. Right, right. Fruit drink. Right. Pine drink, whatever fruit is available at that season. Jamun. Right. That's what we drink. And um, I wonder if it's because it was five boys that they had to have that rule. Because <laughs> I sometimes wonder... But he died that we never get to discuss <laughs> why. We never get to discuss that. Do you remember all the rules that were up? I don't remember all. Just that one. That, particular, that was the first one. <laughs> but then when you misbehave, you just take your upstairs and point to the rule. Apply, which one applied to you? <laughs> That's our, our discipline. That's how yeah. we were brought up yeah. as, as boys. 
As a side note, you said something that made me like in my head where you said that you had to learn your times tables. Yes. I think that's always a big thing growing up. And then you never use it as an adult. Like, why was it such a thing that you had to learn your your times tables? That because um, as you grow older, depends on the school you attend to, it's very important because in today's world, kids have the. Yeah, you have a calculator, you have your phone. Yeah. In the old days, Calculator didn't exist. You're going to six or eight people today. But then you guys made us learn our times tables. Yes, because it was important. (laughs) From 2 to 13, even though it had from 2 to 12. And the way we used to say it was like 2 2 once 2, 2 into 2, 1. Multiplication and division at the same time. Oh, my gosh. 4, 6 is 24, 4 is 24, 6. So when you know that you don't have a problem with maths growing up, yeah, you don't have to hit a calculator to find an answer for a multiplication or division. You work it out right there. You have it. You know it already. This is true. Or or you can go in the opposite way, like me, where you're like you come an adult and you just become so dependent on <laughs> calculator. No, it's, it's not good to become yeah. dependent on it. I know. All right. So growing up, did you always in the back of your head think that? Eventually, I'm leaving, and I'm going to go to another country. Or walk me through what leads up to, hey, I'm going to go to guy to America. I never thought of leaving. Growing up, I never thought of leaving the country. Okay. Because in those days, it was the colonial days, uh-huh. and things seemed to be right with me and like most people. Uh-huh. Know, okay, but after independence, things started to get difficult and hard. Uh-huh. But I was in the police force at the time, and there was no more room for um, expansion for me because um, the force was getting not to the kind I like. Uh-huh. And the morals and the discipline wasn't there anymore okay. when I joined. So it was important for me to leave. So when I left Guyana, I went to Canada, and then I came here. I spent uh, six years in Montreal, okay. and then I came here when I'm um, 70. 76, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, were you the first in your family to come? No, my sister. My sister, my okay. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. She was in Montreal. She was in Toronto, and uh, I went to Montreal, and then okay. she came over here, and I came over here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what? So you talk to me about what you mean by things change after independence. Well, you're not a colonial power. We're not ruled by a colonial power anymore. Okay. And being an independent nation, you have your own destiny. Uh-huh. And things become hard in the sense that um, you got to work harder, you got to produce. And uh, we're not getting the help that we used to get from the colonial power, England. Uh-huh. And uh, that was how it was. I remember the force used to pay you on the 24th, the 24th of every month. Okay. And after independence, one month you don't get paid. Until the next month. All right. And then everybody started opening up. They were really independence mean. Right? Yeah. Because pre independence, everything was okay. Everything no was okay. independent. Yeah. You know, started life started to get difficult. Okay. And the morale and the force was not for me. And so I said, oh, time I'm to go. Sicker. Time to stick, stick it out. How did you end up being a police officer? Was that something you wanted to be? Or it just. Yeah, it, yeah. exactly what I wanted to be. Because, oh, really? Yeah. When I was going to school, I used to hear a lot of detective stories on the radio from Scotland Yard. Oh, okay. And was, I was um, very intrigued about it. I said, oh, this is good. And how they solve crime. 
and uh, I joined the police force in 1969, the 4th of September. And during that period, I used to uh, try to study um, police work from a quote from, I used to buy books from uh -huh. a school in England, but the words. Okay. Learn to give evidence, investigation. Right. I took it seriously, but then I realized that the force is not looking at it, looking from the outside. When you're outside looking at it inside, it's not the same thing. When you go inside, it's, it's different. a different thing. Right. So, no, these people are doing this thing right. No. Oh. And I said, look, I got to go. Okay. Because when I do my work, I cannot do the, my work the way it's supposed, supposed to, to be, be done. done. Yeah. See? You don't beat somebody to get information from them. You got to have investigative techniques to get in right. uh, to solve a crime. Right. And most of them happened that. Right. So, look, it's time for me to go. So, it's time for you to go. How long yeah. were you a police officer? Six years. Six years. Okay. Yeah. And our uh, six years was better than CID. So, it was... Oh, wow. CID is where I wanted to be. And, okay. And then the... Actually, there I did a fingerprint course, and right. I was good at fingerprint. Right, and um, an investigation too, and that was it. I just came out. But when I went to Canada, I would have joined the RCMP. But what happened is that the age I had barely passed the age, okay. and then in Montreal, you had to be bilingual, and I was not bilingual. Mm -hmm. You had to know the French and the English. Not those are the two things that okay. keep me there. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. and then you. So from Canada, you come to um, America and you move to Brooklyn or you... Straight here to Brooklyn. Straight to Brooklyn. Okay. There's no place like Brooklyn. And, and, and did you know someone in Brooklyn or you just took a shot at where Brooklyn? Like why oh, Brooklyn? Well, my sister was in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I, um, I met this lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you met this lady in Brooklyn. <laughs> This is where the love story begins. <laughs> yes, um, mm. I knew my sister was in Brooklyn, right? So I came here. Okay, did you have a like not like an impression or a thought of what you thought America was versus what you end up realizing it is? Like perception of yeah, America. yeah. Well, the first thing you hear is that. If you can't make it here, you can't make it nowhere. Else. Right. That's that's a phrase that's been kicked around all okay. the time. And anybody would come here. Most people I know come here. I have friends here uh -huh. who came here before me. I met, I hook up right with some of them. Uh -huh. and, but this is a world where you, you hustle and uh, you really have, you don't have the time uh -huh. to play around as when you were in Guyana. Right. You know, there's a serious place if you want to make it here. So I met some of them, and um, everybody move off to their own place, do their own thing. Right. So you knew coming here, like, this is a serious place. It wasn't like... Yeah. 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 Do you remember what that first year was like for you here? Well, actually, I used to go and come, you know. I, I yeah. used to go okay. from Montreal to New York, from Montreal to okay. New York. And it was fun driving because I had a car. Okay. Then, and then I was very impressed. Um, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I always like to talk to about like just the, the changes in, in temperature, but it's like 
you were in Canada, so it's yeah, same kind Canada, of coldness. It's yeah. still a change because yeah. Canada is colder than here. And, uh, <laughs> so here it was warm. <laughs> it's warm. It was warm to yeah. me because when yeah. I when I came when I would come up to to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. the car full of snow and ice and people looking at me like <laughs> where you come we, from I come from <laughs> and you don't have any snow on the ground in New York. yeah <laughs> everybody looking so the first thing i do when i get over here just go to the car wash and yeah i'll be one of them a clean car right that's right. it yeah but the temperature is um over here is warmer than in montreal okay because um quebec is a cold place and People over here, when they see a snowflake in the air, everybody get crazy, close <laughs> up the schools. And um, um, they call it a storm, and what happened? That's a snowflake. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I know. What they find here as a snowstorm in it's like Canada is a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. When you got to go to work in Canada, you, I want to call it when you hear the breeze in the window in the morning, it's right. very, very cold. Right. Well, you got to go. Yeah. Over here, you don't have that. Yeah. So when you came here, was the intention, um, I know you said you missed a cutoff in Canada. Was the intention then when you decided to move to Brooklyn, like from, from Canada, hey, I was a police officer in Guyana, I'll, I'll just do that here as well? Like, was was that the plan? Because you're 35, so was it like, okay, or did you think like, time for a new start, let me try something different? Actually, um, I never I never thought of being a policeman over here because uh, it was oh, too dangerous over here. Okay. In Guyana, everybody hadn't a gun then. Okay. And people, even though they're still, they're more disciplined than people over they're here. Disciplined criminal criminals. Yeah, call a disciplined criminal. And they, when you tell them stop, all they stop. Right. They're more disciplined over here. When you tell a man to stop, chances are he takes something from his waist and, and they, a, a fight ensue, gunfight ensue. Right. So I really never thought of becoming a police here. It was never my interest. Oh, wow. So I think I had enough there. You had enough. Yeah. 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 Enough for law enforcement. Oh, so then what? So when you came here, like, um, like how did you decide on a profession? Actually, I met a woman. Mm-hmm. And um, was a family friend. First, I used to do uh, construction, work in the construction field. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I what I used to do help with the putting off sheetrock. Okay. And that was about it. But that didn't last too long. Okay. Because I have a daughter. Huh? She came along. Okay. And. Uh, I had to switch that because of the construction business. It's not full time. It is sent that when it's winter, right? Or or you might get laid off, right? So, but I never get laid off in my life, never. <laughs> and uh, what I did, I said, "Look, let me pursue nursing." And I had this friend mm-hmm. who told me, "Said, look, man, this is the easiest thing for you to do right now." Really? To be is. a nurse? No. She gave me to become an, an, uh, a nursing assistant. Okay. And she gave me some books she had. And I went through that. Then I I was able to get a job at the hospital. And then they said, that, uh, you can join the union. I said, yeah, I like this. Okay. Join the union, 1199. <laughs> that's what happened. Okay. stay there. Because... The, the, it, it it was the quickest thing to do, uh-huh. and when you're in the union, you get proper representation. Right. 
I said, that was it. And that was it. And yeah. then that was your profession. Yeah. 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 Um, was there any time where you ever thought back, like, because I, and I asked this question just thinking, like, you know, you left Guyana as a an adult, right? and and it sounds like leading up to that point, like it was never your intention. It's just more of like just kind of like how things were changing. Were there any times during that, that first couple of years here where you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't left, or maybe I should have stayed in my country, and and um, it would have been better. You know, because I, I can't imagine as an adult where you have a step, you, you have roots settled, you have roots in, and you know, like your life is going a certain way, and then you kind of have to pick up and like re start well, you, Yeah. You only entertain these thoughts okay. in the colder step in. <laughs> <laughs> so only in the wintertime you have only these in the thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> the summer's okay. You're glad you're here. <laughs> All right. So you only thought about that in the in winter, winter time. Okay. But as you grow older in the weather, yeah. you realize that you can accept it. You're here. This is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. And you accept it. You don't reflect on, on, the, on the past anymore. Um, what's one thing you regret not doing? Um, you mean here? In life. Anywhere, in life. In life. Yeah. My boy. Not doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I should have pursued law enforcement over here in uh-huh. the sense that uh, I could have followed up with my fingerprint work. Uh-huh. I, sh- I should have done that. Okay. And that's the, what I regret I didn't do here. Why is that a regret? Um, it's a regret because I had a foundation. Okay. And I didn't use I didn't use the knowledge I had. I could have pursued it. But right. I never knew until later on. Right. Because later on, I get to understand that banks need you, mm-hmm. and a lot of other places, institutions need you. I thought it was just a police. For it was the police force? I yeah. You're right. I didn't. Yeah. Know. Okay. So that's a regret. <laughs> Um, what have you learned about heartbreak? Heartbreak? Yeah. Explain further. So, have you had a situation or a moment where you were heartbroken and you had to recover from that? Oh, yeah. I had a brother who died over here. Okay. And that was like two years ago. Okay. And he was my third brother. Okay. And he only could, when I left Diana, I went back on a vacation like two years after and I didn't get to see him. Okay. He was in the interior. When I came back, he came out and he got sick. He was coming up here. He got sick and we didn't know. That was during the pandemic. Uh And we didn't know the extent of his sickness. Okay. So when he came here, he was by my sister. He came. We came in. He came in at night, and um, two days after he died, Kings County. Oh wow! So, I think that's a heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, we never had a real conversation. 
Okay, he was so sick. Right. Uh, the only thing I did for him was to rub his back the night when he came in because right. he said his back was hurting. Yeah. Pain and I gave him back massage, and yeah. that's the only thing I did for him. So, what did you learn from that situation? Well, the only thing I can say again from that is that um, your relatives, it's good to keep in contact with them. Uh-huh. And uh, whatever time you get, you visit them because you do know how long your life is on yeah. Earth. Yeah, life is short. Yeah. Yeah. Can we go back to your time in Guyana? Like, um, you you said that, you know, prior to independence, things seemed to work were good, right? So I'm assuming they were like, I, I, I don't know what your definition of good is. Like, when you say things were good, like, you know, everyone was well off. Well, like, we are comfortable. Let, okay. let me use the word comfortable. Okay. Because what's good for me is not good. <laughs> it's a relative term. So yeah. let's say comfortable. Okay. And the way we were brought up, um, they were rough days mm-hmm. because one time we had a, a strike that lasted for eighty days. Okay, a general strike oh. lasted eighty days, and my grandfather had a cassava a provision farm that he got cassava, yam, planting them mm-hmm. provisions. Mm-hmm. My father used to work still, but things were not difficult for us because of the supplemental food we get from a grandfather. Yeah. Right. But I had cousins who used to find it hard and they would come by us mm-hmm. and we would give them food. And then you sit and reflect and say, well, if my grandfather wasn't here, what would happen? Right. You know? So things were rough. But some people think were really rough. Some, yeah. Some people had two meals a day. Some people had one meal a day. Right. And uh, I used to reflect on that. It so, like, you're really lucky. Yeah, you were lucky. Yeah. 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 That's it. Okay. Um, and so you did your full schooling there, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Okay. I went to prime first to start in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody is. Yeah. Pre K K then primary school. Mm-hmm. Then you went to high school. After high school. I did, uh, I went straight and no, I didn't go to the police force then, waiting for the results, and I went to, I used to work at a department store, Fogarty's in After Georgetown. High school. Yeah, because I wasn't, wasn't prepared to be idle. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. guys, you know, they started lying, right. so I ain't prepared to do that. Right. right. But I really wanted to join the force. Mm-hmm. And. I did, I did a lot of, um, what you call, in those days, applications to a job. Uh-huh. But my mind was set on the police force. Even if I got up, uh, if other places had called me, I don't know if I would have gone. But, right, um, you were set. Yeah. The police force. Yeah. When I got a police force, I got in uh, 69, 4th of September 1969. And uh-huh. I was there until 76th um, Twenty sixth of uh, September. Okay. Yeah. Was your uh, were your parents worried that you wanted to become a police officer? Because I feel like it. I, I I don't know if it was like that in Guyana, but you know it could be a dangerous profession. Like when no, you said, well, like, they had mixed yeah. feelings. Okay. They had mixed feelings. And, 
after I joined the CID, I used to wear a beard. And my mother said, oh, you're a policeman and you got beard. Now you're supposed to be shaved clean. I said, lady, let me tell you something. The suction wear it up. I can afford this beard. And she looked at me, you know, she never liked to see me with a beard. Oh, okay. Right? That's funny because I don't think I've ever known you without a beard. <laughs> Always wanted a beard. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't like seeing me the beard. Listen, lady. So as soon as you became a police officer, you got a beard. <laughs> I got my beard. But um, my father had a pro- he hadn't a problem with that. He did or didn't? No, he, he did. hadn't any okay. problem with that. Okay. Um, but his thing is, when I was leaving, I told him I'm leaving. He he was sort of skeptical. He said, "Boy, you you living here good? Where are you going? You're going to an unknown land." But I yeah. gotta tell him that. Right. This is how you move up in life. Right. You know, things not right here. And he was retired too, so oh. you know, he's laid back like any yeah. retired yeah. person. Yeah. He's wanna know where's boy going. It's called Sophie where is boy going. Yeah, yeah, he thought you were like throwing everything away because yeah. you Yeah. Yeah. He said, uh, that's what he said. Yeah. But then um my mother got sick. She got sick while I was still here. Okay. All right. She went to Morsi Hospital. Uh-huh. She was terminal. She died. Oh, All right. So, so I still, I still get out. Yeah. The poor fellow there, looking sad. You know, <laughs> wife gone, son gone. <laughs> Did all the kids move? Move <laughs> Not out right there? away. Because my 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 sister, she was in in Toronto already. All right. But you only had one, two, three, three boys left. Yeah. And he never had any desire to to leave Guyana. No, he he came here. Oh, he did come. Yeah, okay, he was in Canada. He was came to uh, Montreal first to me. Then he okay. went to Toronto by okay. my sister. Then he was over here in Brooklyn. Okay. So, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so yeah. he did he did leave. Yeah. yeah okay. He enjoyed a good life. But my mother wasn't so lucky. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he did leave because I wasn't sure yeah. if it was like he's like I don't want to, no, <laughs> to leave. Guyana. Yeah. And then he had a we had a winter storm in. A snowstorm in Toronto. Yeah. And it was so cold. He told my sister, he said, girl, I want to go back. <laughs> but that was the winter. But when it's summertime now, right. he's all right. <laughs> so my sister called me and said, look, daddy said, you want to go back? I said, right. you want to go back? Can't keep him. We took him back. Yeah. And he came back now. When he went over here, he wanted to come back. I said, okay. I tell him, okay. Yeah. He said, we didn't take him up on that. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, Pining away now because he want to go back. You get to come here, there, and here. Yeah. You know, so oh, this, the life over there is good. See, <laughs> but as I said, in the winter, it's not really good. But in the summer, you go here, there, and everywhere. Exactly. I think it's still like, like that now, right? It's yeah. like you just, well, your time is rough. But then when the summer comes, you remember why yeah. you like it here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. He wanted to come back. But yeah. unfortunately, he died over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, what is some of the that you that you still hold on today to to today? Like some of the biggest life lessons you think your parents taught you? Oh, um, to cook. Okay. We all know to cook. Okay. We can feed ourselves. Yeah. Okay. To keep house. Okay. To be self-sufficient. Well, in every way. Yeah. Do you? We always say the only thing the woman can't do, the only thing that we can't do that a woman can do is make a child. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but we okay. We okay. can handle ourselves in the kitchen. Yeah. We can handle ourselves cleaning up a house. We know when a house is dirty, it's clean. We learn mm-hmm. all of that because okay. all of us were boys except for the girl. Yeah. She knows 
yeah. the whole thing. And so those are life lessons that we love, manners and everything, how yeah. to deal with people, yeah. um, not to be respect people, mm -hmm. so teach you to respect people. And, and those are our life lessons. And I said, oh, we all have the same thing. Right. You know? oh, that was it. Is there um, anything where, outside of the beard, that you always want? <laughs> Maybe it was a something your parents, like a rule or just a way of being that, as an adult, you're like, I'm not going to do that because that's old school. Like, did you, was there anything that, as an adult, you were conscious of not doing that maybe you grew up with? Yeah. Um, they wanted to drink castor oil. And <laughs> 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 where I grew up, man, drinking with castor oil, and no child for me would drink castor oil. <laughs> so um, the thing with the castor oil is that the castor oil is there, and then they, they got to add Pepsi, egg, all right. Um, soft grease, a whole lot of a whole lot of nonsense in it. Yeah. None of my children gonna drink drink castor oil. It is a, you guys do love your concoctions and I don't even know if some of those things are even healthy. <laughs> I don't know why to put it there. I don't know why to put it like, there. I, like, I haven't even thought like where does this thing these things originate from? Like Africa, I think. Do you think so? Like I some someone so. decided like let me take some castor oil yeah. and mix it with eggs yeah. and Oh, it was a real concoction. It's not a beer of castor oil you're drinking. And all of these things, I remember one Sunday morning, I get licks to drink castor oil. And the castor oil is here in my throat. And for some reason, it can't go down. I spit it out, throw down the cup, I get licks, and that was the last son, the last time I ever attempted to drink. I didn't drink it. That was the last time I attempted to drink castor right. oil. So when I'm over here now, Carla Mother's giving her castor oil and her grandmother's dear. But that's what I was about to say, because I remember drinking yeah. castor oil. Right. I said, no, 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 no. Right. And the good thing I was holding today. Carla Mother holding the child nose. And the I said, they're going to kill this child. I said, no, no, don't give her castor oil. She doesn't want castor oil. She doesn't need castor oil. I remember. That's you remember, about, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. drinking castor oil. Yeah. You give it a But castor. part of me is like, I'm we drank it straight. I don't remember it being in a concoction. Yeah. yeah. A con concoction. Oh. And they yeah. had, they give you um, the glove salts, salts and cinnamon. Yes. That, that's the stuff you used to mix in the water, right? Yeah. You oh. try it in the water. I try to block all those things out of oh, my yeah. head. Yeah. So those are the things that I said when I grew up, I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the things that hurry me up to be a man because when you're a man, nobody can tell you. <laughs> tell you what to, what to, yeah. um, part of me too is like, also, I feel like, and I don't know if you feel like that generation, like the generation before you, like they didn't have all these illnesses or all these other things that we deal with. So maybe they were onto something with all of these, all of these concoctions, right? What I think is that the food they eat. Yeah, because there was no refrigerator. Yeah, the food was from the from the the ground. Yeah. to the pot. Yeah, you had no way of keeping it. Right, right? So No preservatives and no, all of not that. At all, yeah. Not at all. Yeah, and the chicken they used to rear the chickens. Yeah, so there was no um, hormones of, and all, yeah injection yeah. of any hormones. The chickens chickens are deer. Yeah, and um, the pigs are deer. Yeah. The the cow you go to the slaughterhouse, no hormones of the cow. I think it's maybe it's still the same way. But, better, um, yeah. They live right. longer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that. they lived longer. Yeah. My father, we yeah. had a, 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 a pond at the back of the yard, a fish pond at the back right. of the yard, but mostly cultivated tilapia. Okay. Right. So when we want fish, we just go, go and, and net, yeah. get three tilapia. That's a, that's a dinner yeah. or breakfast, whatever it is. But later on, we had huri and other tropical fishes right. inside, and that's what we eat. Right. But in the hot season, the pond would the water evaporate, right. and then we go and you know feel for the fishes. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when the um, rainy season come around, pond right, the pond would get water, right, and we see fishes appear. But then as we grow older, we get to learn that these fishes bury themselves in the mud. Ah, that's what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a different, it's like, that's like true farm to table, right? <laughs> like true farm yeah. to table. So it's a different way of eating that we don't do anymore. Um, so let's go back. I want to, I don't know how much of this you want to, you want to talk to, but you did mention uh, coming to, like, what brought you to Brooklyn? You said you met a young lady. Uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, that was Carla Mother. <laughs> so let's, you, do you want to talk about, I'm always interested in terms of like, what was that like? Like, do you remember the first time you 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 uh, met this young lady? For the first time? Yeah, well, oh, what is right, the story oh, right, there? Oh, right, yeah. right, she was ecstatic, so. She was what? Ecstatic. Hmm. The first time you met her, she was ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> Over here. <laughs> Had you known her in Guyana? Yes. Oh, okay. So then you met her in Guyana then. Yeah. All right. So then tell me, okay, so what? when was the first time you met her in Guyana then? Oh, the first time I met her in Guyana, I yeah. was a police and, um, and I went to her. I had a friend uh-huh. and we went to her home um, in Mariah Giovanna. Okay. And when she saw me, she kept looking at me. Will she tell this story the same way? I don't know. <laughs> I can only say what I remember. <laughs> so she was looking at you and yeah, smiling. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she wasn't talking. She okay. Speak, so I just started speaking to her. Okay. And then um, she she got pregnant. Uh, okay, that that story sped up real quick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I keep talking, you know. And, and, oh, that, that, yeah. that's that's. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you guys met in Guyana, met at met at someone's home, um. Was that part of the influence then for you to like, okay, this the, the things are not stable at the police force right now. Like, let me try to um, find something stable, like go to Canada. Like, was that all part of, of it? Not saying that to impress this young lady, but was that all? No, that wasn't part of uh, it. Okay. After I went to Canada, they had a, um, what you call a, Things of what's what's the word? Um, you know, and they had layoffs. Okay. And uh, they had up well, not really an uprising, but um, 
uneasiness in the economy. Okay. Because Quebec wanted to separate from the rest of Canada. And some of the Americans and the Europeans business were English and mm -hmm. they wanted to change it to French. Mm -hmm. And some people pulled out, some people stayed, and it was an uneasiness. Mm -hmm. Layoffs. And the only job I was getting a job to um to help in the morgue to mm -hmm. to do postmortem in the mm -hmm. morgue. But then and that job wasn't a steady job. So I didn't take that job, right? I, I think I worked there one or two days, but you had another French guy. That was his job. Okay. And he comes in whenever he wants because nobody else didn't really want a job. Right. You see? So I didn't worry about that job. Then I eventually, after my sister came over here, uh -huh. I, I came over here too. Okay. Was your sister the first of the family to, to leave Guyana? Yes. Were you guys like, what are you doing? Or what was her reason? I had an aunt okay. here who okay. sponsored her. Okay, okay. That's what happened. So your parents were not like, what are you doing? I mean, I can imagine she's the only girl, Like, they, but they were they were okay with... Yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were okay. Okay, okay. They were okay with her leaving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were, it was just you, yeah. they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were okay with her, man. They were whatever's good. Okay. For her. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Not boys. Oh, really? Yeah, you go ahead, boy. They'll stay here. <laughs> I think my father needed a company. He needed his uh, kids around. Yeah. That's how yeah. Yeah. His I can wife, see that. My wife yeah. died and yeah. he has no killing. Yeah, I can see that. Around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, all right. So you're in Brooklyn now in your mid 30s, early 40s. Yeah. Uh, uh, late 30s. Late 30s. Okay. Um, you you have young young kids at that time, right? Um, speak to me about what that is like in, in terms of raising kids here than, than in Guyana, right? Like, was there ever a clash of cultures? I guess is the question in terms of schooling. Yeah, or your even your expectations for like your kids versus like what you know back home versus what's happening here. Okay, in respect of my kids, yeah, I um, it, there was not much of a difference yeah. in the schooling, not much. Right. I remember first day I'm taking. Carla to school, to this kindergarten school. There was a refrigerator in the school. Okay. The front to to get to the to the the front desk. And on the refrigerator had written in a paper this refrigerator refrigerator must remain stationary here. And they spell stationary, S-T-A-T-I-O-N-E-R-Y. So what is this? People come in. This is school. school. This is school. And spelling stationary, S-T-A-T-I-O-N-E-R-Y. So the first thing that happens, I said, so I go to them. I said, what is this? And they see that I was upset. 
<laughs> so I, as I got a tech note of what are you going to teach my child? Exactly. I mean, I would. Because people going and coming, going and coming. You were the coming, first person. And they still, yeah. just nobody challenged them as to what kind of spelling is this? I started to look at them. <laughs> it's hilarious too. Like that memory is so crystal yeah. clear. And you were like. It's indelible in my memory. I said, what is this here? That's. Also, how did no one not note? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of traffic to the refrigerator. Like, I'm sure if everyone is coming and opening the door. and yeah, They must see it. They must see that something is wrong. Is that they don't know? <laughs> see, that's a memory. I'm assuming yeah. they changed it afterwards. They changed it the same day. <laughs> they changed it the same day. They felt embarrassed. You're a school, <laughs> and this is what you, you're going to teach my child? So when we time Carla come home, I'm going to check our work. <laughs> <laughs> How <laughs> to check it work? I'm sure. Also, you could probably like push back on the teachers if they try to tell you anything. Like, listen, y'all didn't even know how to spell stationary. Hey, I mean, they had respect for me. I know that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and with Carla work, I check it every day. Yeah. And sometimes I would go to school with her and yeah. stay in class. No, wait. What do you you like? Sat in the classroom with her? Yeah, sat in the classroom. Why? I just want to see what's going on. I could have done that then, but I don't think you can do that now. No, I don't think you could do that now. No. One day I was in the class, and she didn't know I was there. I was sitting there in the class, and um, she was clunging around, and this little boy said, Carla, Carla, your father. You ask her. She was surprised seeing me inside the class. So they just let you sit in the classroom? Yeah. I was kindergarten. Wow. And um, I remember, too, she was a, well, not really a baby. This is pre-K, you know, and I would lift her up, mm-hmm. walk with her to school in my arms, and uh, I would take her down, take her, and then take her in class. All right. They would say, Mr. Billy, put her down. I said, no, I'll put her down where to leave. <laughs> yeah. Because I know I would not be able to lift her up the rest of the days. How long can I lift her up? Right, can I lift her up true. the rest of my right. life? Right, right, so right. Just hold holding on to that, yeah. Until... I can't live for it anymore. Right, right. I can't live for it Yeah, yeah. But let me stay with her until let me do what I can do. Yeah, yeah. While she's a baby. What was your What was your reasoning for sitting in class with her? Was it just to see, like... What... I just see, well, there's just two reasons. Let her feel comfortable. Uh-huh. She didn't know I was there. Surprise her. <laughs> let her know she can't clown around, you know? <laughs> uh, just to see how they're taught. Right, right. Yeah. After that whole stationary fiasco, you're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. it's true. Yeah, I don't think they will let you do that now. No, I don't no. think so. No. When <laughs> yeah. she was there, she was surprising that you were there. Um, and think about this. Think about this question I'm about to ask you. Outside of children, what do you feel is your biggest accomplishment in life? Well, um, my kids, I look at my kids as an accomplishment, and and, and uh, the accomplishment that they made in life is what I'm satisfied with and right. contented with. But outside of your kids, like, what are you as a person, like, maybe it's something you over, overcame, but what, like, what do you feel like, oh, these are one of the things I'm most proud of me for, outside of your kids? Oh. Um, the way I can handle myself, uh-huh. uh, 
in situations. Mm-hmm. I am not a person to get angry. I can take care of myself. I can mm-hmm. I can handle a situation calmly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great accomplishment here. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that comes from? My father. Okay. I don't think I've known you. I don't know you to have to. You may have, but I don't don't remember you ever yelling. No, my father. My father is part of it, and we are like that too. Because okay, very we calm. Learn from you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I sometimes wonder if you had a different father, if you would have been like this, would be be cool. Yeah. Okay. You don't get um, don't get angry. You see a situation on the road, people fighting. You just keep going, keep calm. Right. You don't okay. lose your equanimity. You just right. keep going. Yeah. Because yeah. even the job, sir. You call, man. Call. I don't get involved, man. Just keep going. Do work. <laughs> yeah. No. Just stay calm. All the time. <laughs> All Not right. Not very many people can do that. This is true. Yeah. Even something I struggle with. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, finish this sentence for me. Growing older means? Getting wiser. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you um, expand on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because you grow old, mm-hmm. you have experience. Okay. And you're wise to a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, the things that you would have done, you do now, mm-hmm. you did it differently then. But with age, you know, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know that now that uh, you're wise or you had it different. Mm-hmm. Where everybody benefits, to everybody benefits. Right. Right. And that's what that comes at age. So I think that's that's good. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, you also, and I think you also, you handle situations differently. Also, you don't, you don't sweat the small stuff as much, right? I think not when you're all, younger, everything seems to be, yeah. everything seems to be big. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, the, the things that I see young people, especially sweat about uh, yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. You know, what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Uh, 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 for instance, um, there was a time on New Cork Street. Mm-hmm. They had a, a gunfight. Two people got killed one mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And people running. And I'm passing the before the cops come. And it's going to be. Sometimes I, I want to know if I attribute it to being a policeman and a situation. Right. doesn't really bother me. But then it look that might be part of it. But yeah. then... My father is part responsible too because he tell you don't get involved in the situation. I always keep calm. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I think just his words and the police force mold me into into, into that, that. Just having that kind of being able to be that way in, in stressful situations. Yeah. yeah. You don't stress yourself. Okay? Yeah. Who's going to put you? Yeah. Would that be your your advice for for folks? Because I th- I think that that is a that's an interesting way to look at things, right? Like you don't stress yourself out, right? But but life happens, right? Like how do you not stress yourself out because life happens? It doesn't happen overnight, you know. Right. right. Uh, it's a gradual process. Okay. I always teach Carla that. I don't mm-hmm. know how much of it she grasps. Mm-hmm. I can only know when a situation arises and see how she reacts. Mm-hmm. But this is the way to react. This right. is what you do. Right. You don't stress yourself out. Right. Um, you go with a guy and he give you problems. 
You don't stress yourself. And that's one of the things that the older generation would teach you, a girl child. Mm -hmm. When you're going out with a man, have some money one side. And don't let him know what you have. Right. Right? So, some, they used to call it vex money. <laughs> right? Something happened at the restaurant or on the way. Right. You don't stress yourself out. Say, well, you got to go home or you don't stress them out. Okay, no problem. You take out your vex money. And, and you, you go, go on your way. Yeah. Way. yeah. No sweat. Yeah. And I know a lot of women in that generation teach their children that. Yeah, always be able to get yourself out of situations. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still teach them that yeah. now. Right? Yeah. Another thing they had to say, don't argue with a man. He knows right. you know way. Because he wants to be right. Right. And a mother, my grandfather taught me, mm -hmm. you don't argue with a woman because the woman always wants to have the last say. Okay. Let her have the last say. Okay. That's her weapon, having the last say. Okay. She feel good having the last say. You humble yourself, put your tail between your leg, and you move on. Right. She feel good about that. Right. And, and those are little principles that, that you yeah. grew up with. And as you grow older, you see the value of what they were teaching. Uh -huh. you. you see, you know, even the, the teenagers today, more young generation today, they always want to fight, take up a knife or a gun, and fight uh -huh. a man. Yeah. And what's it called for? Then all is settled. You in jail with a woman. Yeah. She's outside. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So those are life lessons. Yeah. No, that's that's good. You're right. Um, and we can finish here with this question. What is your definition of happiness? Well, I think happiness is a relative term. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I like listening to music and I'm happy. Uh-huh. There are the people who like to cook. Mm -hmm. Who got a husband, they're not happy. Mm -hmm. You got a husband who is cold, he's not friendly. Mm -hmm. He is not a loving person. Mm -hmm. He's not an affectionate person. Mm -hmm. And they might still be happy. Right. But not even they. He, the, the One of them might still be happy. Right. For me, happiness is how you make yourself and how you make life. Okay. You see? That's for me. So... It's how you make whatever you make of it is, is happiness. happiness. Okay. Some people would laugh all the time. You want to what's wrong with him? Uh, he's happy. Right. But his happiness wouldn't be your happy. Right. See? Huh? Okay. Right, well, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. <laughs>